0: Welcome to Knock On Podcast, where we bring you archery information and education that you can trust. Knock On was created as a way to bring all archers together, regardless of the brand you choose or the style of archery you shoot. Knock On Podcasting will deliver professional insights to the latest gear, proper shooting technique, along with high-level equipment setup and tuning. Well, what stands out? You guys got to come and enjoy... Um well, I hope you enjoyed it anyway. You got to come and do something that most people haven't got to do. so yeah, uh, it's been remember that our audience oh, yeah. is up there too by the way. <laughs> yeah, we got to look at them, but we can look at each other too. but hi everybody. appreciate you guys tuning in. It's been an awesome, awesome weekend. Got more prizes too um, as well as others. The knock to fork has been awesome. You uh, picked a pretty cool winner last night, but today people are up in the game. There's, I actually want to give a prize, but I'll wait because I cut Brad off. (laughs) (laughs) Brad, I was going to say now. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I was saying, what do you think about how everything was going?
1: Oh yeah, I think it's gone great. Um, Just the the biggest importance for me was to, to a. To kind of get some some feedback from somebody other than myself that's that's like okay the, the things that you're working on are are mostly correct and here's what you can do to fix it and then the next thing would probably be that the details and the, and the, the little things will really make a difference in, yeah. In how you're yeah and how accurate you shoot
0: yeah we may need to speak louder just because <clears throat> the Facebook people are kind of far away but um, there's always little details with archery or really with any type of finesse sport where i don't i always wanted to blame i always would blame my equipment last you know essentially that's where you want to get is to the point where you feel like that's the last thing that you should ever worry about if you can spend more time focusing on yourself then things are going to come through Um, which is actually why we worked on equipment last simply because if this would have been a um if this would have been a school where all you guys were coming specifically for learning mechanics, then obviously we would have done that different. But mm-hmm. really this this time that we picked here was about you guys and working on you and you know it's no different than whenever you go to a coach. My job and what I wanted to do was to find a few things that would help each one of you the most. Um, I didn't want to give you a whole bag of things to take. I mean, I feel like, you know, just like what I talk about in my selective cycling mentality, and by that, um, I mean, if you haven't listened to a podcast before, I like to selective cycle. So there's certain times of the year that I focus on certain things much differently than others, and I'm a big believer in always focusing on what you're worst at, and my goal is to take what I'm the worst at and make it what I'm the strongest at. And you know, essentially, whatever you're weakest at, you need to learn to make that your strength. So I tried to find a few things with each of you um, that would help you make the most improvement at one time. Um, you, all of you had great foundation. This is what's exciting about being a coach right now is people aren't coming to you at like a, num- a number one level. People, most people come now that are at like sevens and eights. So, like I told you, those one or two points to get you within like striking distance of a 300, if I can get you within that, then those last few is just, it's going to be a matter of you mentally doing it. And then once you do it or once you've done it, then it's done. So, you know, with you, we just worked on a few small things. Really, when you learned, um, when Dayton talked, or when I talked with Dayton about posture, front shoulder position, you were able to start executing with your silverback way better. Yeah. And then today um, we shot a little bit and you start, I noticed that your shots were slowing down a little bit. So I looked over and you were doing something very simple. You were, you were actually taking your release for those of you watching, he was taking his release and instead of normally being in this position here, you made the simple mistake of extending your fingers just a little bit so that that release was actually sitting on the first row of your fingers like really right in that first joint from your fingertips so as you pull in that position the hand can actually elongate just a little bit so with this release that's activating from tension you really weren't able to get the consistency so i've simply had you just move your hand inside of the release just a little bit and then all of a sudden instantly you're like wow i can't believe the difference that made
2: it was definitely a world of difference and obviously i felt like i was pull 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 and it, of course i had to give there once i reached around there had more grip and it, it just it just felt so much easier it came yeah. through another thing that really helped me out and that was during the class um, I've have a really hard time of figuring out which muscles in my back to use the visual of placing your hand on your pectoral and pulling it back I can actually feel that exactly what muscles need to engage before I think I was totally using my lats and just pulling down on it.
0: Yeah lats and rear deltoids and that's one thing with Ryan um, again Ryan is the only one here right now that's continually competing so I'm trying to really identify mistakes with you because, you know, having small mistakes can keep you within the tournament, eliminating the big mistakes, that's what, you know, keeps you staying at the tournament, so to speak. So one thing that you have a common mistake of doing is like kind of bringing the hand and coming through the release and coming down like this. So just being able to be here and watch them enough times to be able to capture that um, you know, on video and then be able to identify right. it to you, then all of a sudden you're like, okay. Well, it's Same thing for me. Everybody
3: knows that I'm a loyal follower and listener. I've listened to every podcast at least one time. Um, for me, being able to finally get up here and have... I've sent you hundreds of videos and you send me back a reply, but having you right behind me to take my elbow and go, no, it needs to be here. Yeah. No, that. bring it over your shoulder like this and having you actually there to physically correct me so I can actually commit it to muscle memory. It, that It's so much easier than just getting a text, yeah, you're doing this, you're falling out of your peep. Okay, what does falling out of your peep mean? And then you ha- having you stand here and show me, alright, that's what you did. Your shoulder fell this way. Your front shoulder did this. You need to worry about the back half, not the front half and the whole process, the whole process and actually hearing it and, and being able to see it are two different animals. Um, oh, yeah. I'm a very visual learner, learner, so I can listen to something audially and be able to replicate it, but to be able to listen to it, see it, and then physically do it, it just it commits that to muscle memory for, for me personally. And it, uh, it's definitely gonna help my process, and I'll be able to take a lot of that home with me.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. With Brad, it was actually just a few very, very small things one is his front arm position um, and how he was gripping the bow sometimes he was having contact on his forearm and with brad it's actually a magnitude of several different things um, that play into that one um, brad's anatomy is built much like popeye Um, just super solid mass pure mass but in all fairness his his muscles naturally um, when he contracts, the muscles ball up towards the end of the connections. So if you've ever seen anyone that has a calf and it's massive at the top, or a bicep that really peaks, with Brad, his forearm really contracts on the inside of his arm here. So when he's when he puts his hand up, it contracts the forearm just enough to where it's thickest on the inside. and. He doesn't have much clearance to play with there, so any type of variation in his thumb position immediately dictates elbow position. So as the thumb moves up, the elbow moves down, and it comes within the path of the string. So it's a very, very small, um, a very, very small margin of error for you with you know with that. And in your case, you know having a little bit extra brace height is going to help you just from a clearance point of view um, but you were able to shoot in a sweatshirt not have contact we also talked about um, your importance of your stance because the first day that you were here i like to take videos of people shooting exactly how they are take pictures how you are um, and we ac- we actually never went back through your first day just because i think with the presentation that I took you through and me standing there through the presentation you are you were able to identify probably with things that you haven't paid attention yep. to so uh, you know we're between your stance and that elbow position we were able to correct that and then the other thing with you was it seems really simple but the type of knocks for both of you guys That's actually it. the type of knocks that you had selected you had s- selected a short um, micro knock, like a micro, like a super 3D or something. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's no, it wouldn't have been a, a super 3D, it was a micro, super or
1: whatever. micro,
0: yeah, something like a whatever it was called. But he had a short one and it fit fairly tight. And I just, when I clipped it on and clipped it off, that connection, when you start to pull it off the string, when it pulls that string forward, that's what it's going to do as the bow comes forward, too. and. You know, we didn't talk about this, but some of the reason why you might not be hitting your arm is because it's actually not pulling that string further forward before it can snap off. So we switched to just a standard Easton Super 3D knock, which is, if you shoot a large diameter shaft, I can tell you that the Super 3D knock is probably, um, it's arguably one of the best Easton knocks of all time. If you have a regular S knock, I can guarantee you if you go to the Super 3D Knock, it is a better knock, super knock, a um, super knock to use. But uh, I really like it. I like how it how it came off. And you actually, when we changed, you shot um, the Vegas face. Yep. You shot around with it, and then you shot a few rounds without it, and you're like, you came over right away and said, yep. "No doubt, this is certainly." Um, it's certainly working better with that knock that fits just a little bit different. Yeah, I I could see whenever I was using
1: that old micro knock that, even though I felt like there were great shots between the the two different knocks, I was consistently hitting higher with that that micro knock.
0: Yep. And with you, your knock was actually the opposite. It was so loose that just the friction of drawing his arrow back when it would drag on the rest that friction would slowly, sometimes it would pull your knock a little bit forward on your serving. So when I shot your bow for you, which a lot of times I shoot all the students' bows um, because I want to, I draw it back, I look at a lot of things. And, you know, I can tell a lot just from my experience when I shoot someone's bow, If my left and right is drastically different than the students, it helps me identify what type of facial pressures or hand pressures that you have. Um, Plus, if I'm able to feel really comfortable with the bow, even if it doesn't fit me, like Brad's, your draw length was way too long for me. um, (laughs) I'm able to at least shoot that, and if I'm able to shoot it a certain way and then you're not having that same type of result, I'm able to say, okay, well... I'm doing it so I know it can be done, or we're both having the same experience of, actually, I can't do it either, so let's, let's figure out what the issue is. Uh, we, did a, we did a live feed earlier with Ryan's bow. We showed several different things. Had some low tears that we were trying to figure out and ended up switching to a totally different arrow. We tried cutting the arrow down, but it actually did not stiffen the arrow up enough even though we were able to take off about just half under a tear, t- we, just- we took half a tear off. Yeah, so that was the
3: tear, when we got to that. Yeah, so we went from outside the very top edge of the vein to inside the vein, and we brought it down. So we talked about it. I'm just going to order the next up, yep. stiffer spine, um, and maybe and bring some extra point weight yep. and work on the hill method to see if it's not only just a poundage thing, if it's you know to better facilitate. My arrow flight to my particular bow, so I'm gonna stiffen up my arrow, uh, maybe lower my point weight, get both 100 and 120 grain points, and uh, and then run run what what if anybody's listening that's listened to the podcast has heard uh, the Hill method, yep, and and run those tests and maybe take some time because I have time in between my next ASA that I go to I'm not even gonna be able to make paris uh so i have until augusta so i have some time to 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 nail that those problems down with my arrows uh before before my next major tournament
0: yeah well i'm going to answer a question here on the knock on tv facebook uh live Um, i've got a question here and in order for me to answer it joe rickard um you're telling me about um shoulder pain issue that you have when you shoot If you could, please post a picture of yourself. If you have pictures of yourself, recent pictures, at full draw, preferably a broadside shot, um, if you could post that within this feed line. um, Is that possible? Can you post pictures? I don't think so. Oh, we're screwed. (laughs) I wanted to see some pictures of you shooting so I could actually talk about that um, and work with with, with you through that because you're asking specifically about exercises, Um, actually, the shoulder pains can come from a number of things. One can be how you sleep. A lot of people struggle with the position that they rest in, and when you rest, you put certain pressures, especially if you sleep on your side. You should look at that. The side that you sleep on is that your shoulder, the side of your shoulder where you're having pain, because I'm I am a candidate for this. My right shoulder is always extremely painful, um, and it's not from shooting. It hurts while I shoot, but it's not because of my shooting. It's actually because I have a serious problem. I used to sleep on my left side, but I couldn't sleep on my left side after my shoulder, so I started to sleep on my right side. and. Now, all of this pain that I'm experiencing right now, and I'm going through a lot of physical therapy for my infrasplematis, which is one of the rotator muscles that come into the shoulder, and also part of my delt muscle, and, and it almost feels like it's in the socket. It's from the fact that the weight of my body sleeping on my right side is, is elongating that infrasplematis so much that it's causing my front pack to actually compensate and tighten up to pull that around. And I'm going through physical therapy for it. And when I go through the physical therapy and I get stretched out and I get the front pack moved around, I don't have the pain. And if I can sleep on my back, which is super, super hard for me, I'm like trying to get into that habit. When I do sleep on my back, I don't experience pain. Um, the other thing is draw length and shoulder position can have a huge impact on that specifically. So the position of your front arm, and I'm going to turn towards um, the cameras here, so the position of your front arm and how you turn your front hand also changes how your front humerus is actually packed into the shoulder socket. So, when you turn it, there's certain ways that you turn it where it puts different pressures on the joint. So some people that turn their thumb too far up, immediately this humerus starts to wanna to come up like this in the socket, and it puts in a tremendous amount of pressure there. So a lot of people lock that back. And when you do that, or if you put it high like this, show you from the side. Watch out, Ryan, get out So if you compact it like this, when you shoot, this position here is gonna put a lot of pain throughout that socket, and you're certainly gonna start to feel some pressure and some pain. So you really wanna focus on your front hand position. Your front thumb position needs to be at about this angle right here, which allows this front elbow to be pointing at about eight o'clock. And it's gonna put that humerus in the socket in a part where it actually packs in there and it's not straining um, the rotator cuffs that are around it and that's critical to preventing shoulder pain. Um, I'm going to read through some more questions if you guys do you have anything else you want to add in about how the weekend went or something like that? (laughs) The (laughs) caloric intake in this (laughs) house has been
3: astronomical because Dayton Dayton's grilling ability has tested our eatability, and uh, we had had some pulled pork last night that literally you didn't have... You could just touch, and it would crumble. I mean, it was amazing. (laughs) I can't... I'm going to be asking for some of his uh, seasonings, and uh, definitely the Traeger's new, old, big, (laughs) little. I've got one now at the house. I can't tell you enough about those things. They're amazing.
0: Well, Joe... I didn't listen to anything you said. (laughs) I have a one-track ADD kid. And I was reading. So, yeah, that's what makes me good at archery and that's what makes me bad as as sometimes a husband is if I'm looking at something, everything else is irrelevant at that point in time. If I'm looking at a spot, then I'm good. But (laughs) everybody else in the room, it doesn't matter. But uh, so Joe actually just said... Sleeping is definitely a massive issue with me. I have a horrible, um, I'm horrible at avoiding sleeping on my right side, which is where the pain comes from. Trying to sleep on my back causes me to snore. Amen, brother. I'm with you. I know it. I know. I wear a sleep apnea mask. I mean, I literally look like a Star Wars uh, pilot. Ba- yeah, Bane mask. yeah. I got. I look like Bane, but I'm connected <laughs> to the to the bedpost. So it's, it's pretty embarrassing. I gotta travel with a CPAP, but it allows me to sleep on my back and not snore. And sadly enough, I snore because when I went through my surgery, I had to learn to sleep on my back. And I think once I did that, I started snoring and I developed this habit. Now Rogan tells me he's gonna hook me up with um, his doctor uh, or his sleep doctor that he met in LA that specializes in these super custom mouthpieces. I tried a mouthpiece that my dentist gave me and it actually like pushes your front jaw forward or your bottom jaw forward. And it sucked. I literally felt like I'd been jacked in the face every single morning. (laughs) My jaw came, my jaw was dislocated. But, um, anyway, before I read into some more of these questions, there's a lot of awesome questions coming coming in the live feeds and, um, For those of you watching the live feed right now, this is a big part of really where I wanna go once we flip the switch on the new website is gonna be these live podcasts where I'm able to monitor questions, answer questions as they come. And then we'll actually be within the studio where I'm gonna be able to just grab bows, grab arrows, share with you guys things um, to where you can see exactly what we're talking about. But we've got some prizes here. We've announced several of the winners to the prizes. Thanks for everyone with the knock to fork. Um, Hopefully, there's a lot more Mm -hmm. knock to fork people today. We're going to pick another winner. And by the way, the winner of today's knock to fork is going to get a brand new release right here from us. Mm -hmm. Um, We're going to, I don't know if we can find another silverback that one is mine (laughs) (laughs) we'll have it's either going to be a knock to it or a silverback for those of you who don't know the silverbacks are officially sold out again um which really sucks but it's i guess it's a good problem but um we do have some knock to its left those are probably going to be out of stock very soon but i've got this right here is a stealth cam this is going to be you guys don't even know what this is for do you no, no idea. it wasn't for a prop it was <laughs> actually because do you guys remember that picture i showed you last night of that a fork picture when i said does this look pretty cool and you guys said yeah and then when i got it really close you said well it's not that cool oh yeah but then when, <laughs> but then when i told you the story so there's two people that I want to award, and this is going to be kind of a single package because it's actually a husband and wife. On Instagram, Samantha Collins has been posting some awesome to fork pictures and she's been having some pretty, um, some pretty cool hashtags of I don't own a Traeger, mm-hmm. um, but she's been making some pretty cool stuff, super healthy. Um, I know she's super into CrossFit. I know she broke her foot and she's having to walk around with a Robocop leg but the picture that i was talking about is actually her husband Um, she's trying to win the contest i know in iowa because i know these guys he is turkey hunting and that picture i showed you guys last (laughs) night i'm gonna post this picture because i'm gonna give this stealth cam for the best capture of of their food Um, both of them are trying to outwit one another, and we haven't picked the knock-to-fork winner for the day, but because of their persistency and their ability to capture a cool picture, I'm going to give them a brand-new stealth cam. Samantha's like, that sucks for me, so Samantha we will have to give you some type of supplements for CrossFit or a a new shoe or something for your broken (laughs) foot. But anyway, Tim posted a picture that actually had it looks pretty cool i'll post it after the live feed but when you look at it from a distance it looks like it could it could potentially if the if the sausages were sliced better it would have been like picture perfect but what's hilarious about this picture is he's actually in nebraska turkey hunting and once i told you guys this is actually from his blind and he's got He's got venison, uh, venison Soft, sticks 20, 20. that he actually, I know that he had them made for my buddy Waylon at Hunter's Smokehouse. Um, they're venison sticks, cut, and then they're on a little bit of avocado, and they're on a small little like wedge red, of bell a pepper, bell, pepper. bell pepper. And yeah. then they're on like kind of a cool little plate type thing, but when you look at it, you realize it's a paper plate. This is yeah. literally a guy that's like trying to win the knock to fork from, from inside of a turkey blind on an out of state DIY hunt. Props, dude. You're winning a stealth cam. That's awesome. That's awesome. The next one, this right here, I'm going to I'm going to give this award right here. Every every uh patron, every military guy wants one of these suckers, don't they? I'm sure. My dad loves these babies. Oh yeah. We, we take so, them everywhere. You know who this is going to go to he did he didn't win last night knocked a fork and he's actually just been shy of several contests he was a he was in the high running for the patron award Mm -hmm. so i'm just going to go ahead and give this brand new yeti right here to fred gross because fred you're awesome dude um really appreciate your service to the country everything that you did Um, If everybody watching has seen the Tri-Knock, the Tri-Knock plaque that's in our kitchen, Mm -hmm. Fred made that for us during our very first or second season of the show and sent that. That's me, Sharon, and Harry. He's an amazing woodworker, and obviously he works up with my good friends, or my good friend, Justin Hackett, um, building fire trucks, and is just a super, super cool dude. Awesome dude and uh thank you so much man i'm gonna send you this that's awesome so what we're gonna do is i'm gonna we've got four hats here signed hats um these are all hoyt hats so if you don't use a hoyt then deal with it um but i'm gonna give those four hats to the people within our live feed comments that have the best questions because i know right now with this live feed and this live podcast we're not able to um to answer all these questions we're able you know I'm, I'm hopefully we're able to give some decent information for the people listening to the podcast but i want to be able to tomorrow when you guys get out of here and i have my one day home alone <laughs> um I want to be able to do a podcast and go through this live feed and actually answer some of these questions here, um, which is going to be pretty cool. But um, I want to answer, let's get on another subject here. Um, let's see, I want to find a question here from somebody quick. Um, Mike Coates. Mike, you're awesome too. I recognize the name, I recognize most of your names, just so you know. Um, if I don't, recognize your name i can guarantee you if you are active sharon always puts you guys in front of me in the morning she'll just come up and say you know brad of all brads he's a pretty cool dude even though he's like a leprechaun and i'll say all right thanks for letting me know and i keep an eye out for the leprechaun so next time i see him i can say thanks but let's see so mike's asking can i increase the feet per second Of the wife's bow by changing the let off and will this change the spine of the arrow on which she shoots so that's an awesome question because sometimes let off can certainly change speed so a 65% let off bow most of the time will have a little bit more speed and it's not much we're talking minimal this is minimal minimal stuff Um, it can change the speed Um, however other than speed, it actually can have more of an effect on spine, which is directly relating to, to Ooh, your situation yeah. today. So with Ryan, he actually went through, he called um, Dan McCarthy, pretty much said, this is my poundage, this is my draw length, and Dan told him, because you're shooting Dan McCarthy's arrow, mm-hmm. um, which is a super straight Very arrow. Well. Um, hi, Dan, if you're out there. But um, you're shooting Dan's arrow, Mm -hmm. and once we worked with your bow and your particular knock travel in that cam system, we actually figure out that you could go one spine heavier than Mm -hmm. what you have, even though the the books, or so the spine chart, is saying that. So originally, a long time ago, the spine charts used to be much more, Complex. There was a lot more things that you would put in. And if you have a program like Archer's Advantage or something to where you input a lot more information, you get a lot more detail on your spine selection. So, right now with you, and the one thing we didn't do, you know, if we took your bow and reduced that poundage three to four pounds, we could probably make that arrow work, but you're just not going to be at the speed you want to be at for 3D. So, you know, let off has a relationship to spine it's probably going to be minimal but if you're just changing modules it will probably be smaller than if you actually have to go to a whole new cam system you know if you have a cam system for example say you were shooting um let's see say you're shooting the new what is the new is it the gt the new X3. x3 so say you're like on a hoyt say you're shooting an x3 cam okay and you wanted to to have a little bit less let off and maybe a little bit shorter valley, maybe a little bit more speed, so you go to the SVX, mm-hmm. right? So you're wanting a little more speed, you go to the XVX cam. That XVX cam is going to be a different type of cycle than the X3. Even though you can get a 65% let off cam, you know, for, well, I know I've got one right here, because this is, this is going to be my outdoor bow. This is going to be the bow that I build for field right here. This is my Prevail 37 and I actually got it with X3 cams and I tried it and this is the first time with a Hoyt that I actually haven't liked the cam and a half style cam which is the X3. The X3 this, cam this is more like a spiral cam. It used to. No be, right? this Just is a little bit no thinner. this is actually like a just an original cam and a half system is what this one is now the svx cam is more like a spiral cam so Mm -hmm. right so yeah and this is the first time in years that i've preferred the spiral cam over um just the regular cam and a half system now this is um a 65 percent let off module Mm -hmm. but what i found is i actually with with the X3 on 65%, for me to be able to get an arrow to work the same with that SVX, I have to go down in poundage a little bit with the SVX to get it to match. So it really depends on that cam system, Uh, but that's a great question, Mike. You should be pretty close, and honestly, the lower your poundage, it seems like the less that starts to matter. For example, Sharon and Harry, they've got bows and they've shot a number of cams over the years. But they've continued to be able to shoot that Axis 600 arrow, even though they're shooting a magnitude of cams, and it's because they shoot a lot less weight overall.
3: That, that actually goes into a question up, but up just a little bit. Miss <coughs> Brenda was asking, what would be a good starting bow for a woman?
0: Who's Miss Brenda? She was on the. She was. Yeah, she asked a, a good starting. starting All bow right. For a woman. Hi, Brenda. Before we get into that real quick, I'm going to go check on the <laughs> Treger. Okay,
2: chicken's almost done. You guys want any appetizers <laughs> <laughs> like you're gonna
0: bring them down here to bring some appetizers bring down. a few little appies down here and then you the pop finish up and let us know when we need to wrap up this live feed right. because we'll be right back. my we invited the neighborhood over let's see. Um, what was your name? <laughs> yeah we invited the neighborhood over miss Brenda, Ser- Brenda Sheffield all right Brenda thanks for the question um, let's see well, she's okay. That's so a different one. That's a different one. Yeah, but she, I yes. think uh, I think a great starting bow for people, honestly, like that. I'm trying to think of what I'm terrible right now because I can't think of um, what Hoyt's new like kind of price point bow is. It used to be the Power Max, um, then it was well, well, actually that's, that's your, it used to be the Charger. Yeah. Then it was the Power Max, Just right? Yeah. So yeah. that Power Max, and see, I'm a, I'm a Hoyt person, so. Um, you know, if you've got one, feel free to tune in. But I'm for, a Hoyt person for the
3: PSEs. Any of the Phenom series, uh, the Phenom SD specifically, it's a shorter riser. Uh, that's a good good starting bow. I mean, it's a little bit in the higher end, but any of uh, any of the smaller smaller brace heights or smaller axle to axle bows that we have in our line, uh, the Brutes are a good run, and uh, a couple of the Bow Madnesses.
0: The one thing that you really need to learn about is what one what's your your budget okay so if your budget is let's say your budget's 500 bucks what you need to look at is i want a decent bow but i also there's certain accessories that are really important to have you can come in closer brad skewed sure, yeah. in here yeah the um people that get that cut corners on accessories and buy a plastic rest that moves around or doesn't have good adjustment or even sights that don't have easy adjustment or really tough to, to move um, those types of things or even bows that have very very cheap inexpensive strings from the factory all that stuff is relative to even though you're paying X amount for the bow it, your bow is only as good as the accessories that you put on too so sometimes you know, I've been able to take bows that are, you know, low-end bows, but the bow is repetitive all the time, so you need to put repetitive accessories on there, too. So, you know, if you end up spending 450 bucks on the bow, but then you're stuck with buying, you know, a plastic rest, a plastic sight. Jump and then, the, well, the release. Honestly, your release, if you buy a release that the length of the shaft is so long to where your hand is behind your neck and you're having to reach forward and the trigger has a whole bunch of travel in it that sort of thing is kind of it it brings forward habits that'll end up making you not as accurate as a shooter so i can tell you i actually hunted um with that power max or it was a charger at the time i spent my entire season shooting a charger and honestly I'm to the point now or as much as I love my pro defiant just for all of you out there who keep asking this question. I feel like I want to like take a less expensive bow. I want to go back and literally go in on a budget. Like a I should bow. I should do that. I should like run a survey of, you know, for those of you getting into archery, what is your maximum budget and let and just take a survey monkey let everybody pick what their max is, and then I'll build a configuration that I can come in at under that price with stuff that I buy from, you know, my locals, well, probably I'll buy it from Lancaster, and, or I will buy it from Lancaster, and then um, I'll hunt with it, and show you guys that it works, and show you how it shoots, and show you that I can shoot just as good as the next. Um, There's certainly bells and whistles that you're going to miss out on, but for the most part, it's going to work really, really good. So, that's the first thing whenever somebody comes into the shop there at Lil
3: Nut. That's the first thing we ask is, first of all, is what what do you have in mind? Because we carry, you know, uh, four or five different brands. I don't want them to just come in and go, hey, what do you recommend? I go, okay, first thing for me is, have you shot anything? and do you have anything you particularly like or you're looking at and then the second usual question usually is what's your budget because like you said there's no point in driving a Ferrari if you're going to put shitty tires on it yeah you and know if you're gonna, if it's not going to be able to handle the performance of of the car then what's the point of of driving that car so you need to have something that we can like you said uh, make it systematic and and work from top to bottom not just you got a really expensive bow and junk on yeah. it yeah
0: absolutely yeah you can buy a super high-end bow but then if your budget's fifteen hundred bucks and you go and buy a fifteen hundred dollar carbon bow and then put you know two hundred bucks worth of eBay accessories on there guess what you got a two hundred dollar eBay accessory bow that's what you got um, I'm gonna give this hat right here to Brenda because okay. that was a great question Perfect. so Brenda right here it is you get a hat and next hat um, I'm I actually I'm seeing several questions here that I really like um, that I'm just going to go through. Um, Joshua Bartneck just said the question, I experienced target panic for the first time <laughs> yesterday. I shot for about two to two and a half hours, and at the end of the day, I could not get my shot off without letting down into the valley and then having to recover. I probably did it six or seven times. So, dude, over-training, bro. Um... <laughs> If you're shooting two and a half hours, this is the thing. Everyone wants to know how long do I practice? What did I tell you guys? Yeah, practice until bad things happen. Yep. Oh.
1: <laughs> well sure poorly before, the ba- <laughs> yeah. before the bad stop before the bad
3: preferably <laughs> stop before the bad happens and then if you start getting yourself into a you feel yourself doing bad things, just stop, put it down and go find something else to do. Yep. Uh, so you're not repeating you're not repeating those bad habits trying to dig yourself out of the hole and all you're doing is digging your hole deeper
0: yeah and you know there's a fine line there so <laughs> last week or it wasn't even last week a few days ago when i was with joe it was the same thing we shot for a long time and joe's so different than me i can pick up a bone i'm normally in my groove and then depending on how in shape i am for shooting my groove can last shorter or longer joe is the type of guy who continually as he shoots he loosens up he gets in the flow he gets in the flow and then once he's in there he's like really happy he loves practicing he's just loves shooting i'm to the point where now i'm just watching because i'm done i know that i've getting to the point where i'm struggling to make a good shot so i'm like comfortable it's like you know it's no different you need to Um, Josh, think of it like this. You go out for a really good meal at Outback and they slide you this unbelievable meal and Dayton is getting ready to prove this point. (laughs) He's getting ready to bring a ridiculous amount of good looking food in front of us. And when I feel like I'm at the point where I'm full, then I have to just say, holy cow, that looks amazing. I'm going to have to eat it tomorrow. That's what you have to do you have to recognize what is that point because with joe he got to the point where he was shooting awesome he got in this groove he was shooting good we were actually shooting a paper plate at 90 yards um he switched back to my one of my releases he shot he hit five arrows five out of six inside of that plate at 90 yards and we went down and i just high-fived i knew he had to go hunting anyway so i high-fived him i said good shooting let's get out of here and he goes dude that felt so good i want to do it again and i was thinking i know he's like (laughs) getting tired i don't want to like push it too far so then we go back and the next group wasn't as good so he's like he goes i'm doing another one. he goes i'm doing another one because he said i don't want to end that way and you get into this vicious cycle so be content, bro. You have to be at the point where you're shooting good. When you're shooting good, be content with it. Be happy with it. And, you know, let it be what it is. You know, be happy with the fact that you're shooting content. So two to two and a half hours, you know, and the other thing too is be careful of be careful of trying to be the next social media sensation to where, you know, you're going so hardcore that it's just You know, you're not smart about it. Practice is not what makes perfect. I can tell you, perfect practice makes perfect. And you guys probably recognize it from the last few days. I shoot until I feel like I'm not shooting that great. And I'm okay with having a short amount of very high quality practice rather than short high quality practice followed up by more not so good practice. I want to imprint quality, not quantity, but there is a line there. If you're someone who's trying to try out for a team, you know, you have to go to a, a five-day FIDA event where you're gonna be shooting six, 700 arrows throughout that tournament, there's a difference. But if you're not that person, pick your time, focus on high-quality practice, and be content when you've got that, and learn to step away leave there talking about how awesome you shot like for example you said um at the end of your day you just couldn't get so before that end of your day part maybe it was at the hour and a half mark you should have stopped and been able to post some pictures on your facebook page and said i freaking shot better than anyone in the knock on nation today i can guarantee you that and we would all give you a thumbs up dude so yeah that was a great question um let's see you guys got anything you want to add other than that, i'm gonna through the same thing yeah I've done it. Like,
1: we've all done it oh yeah <laughs> and I, I constantly struggle to, to to walk away when i'm when i have a bad group or something or i have a bad five spot round or five spot in and i need to i should probably walk away i'm like no way i can i can 5x1 and then i'll quit but that 5x1 doesn't come for six ends and then you know it just gets more frustrating so yeah it's it's difficult to do. You know, I need to learn how to do that also.
0: Yeah. Well, the next question I'm going to pick here is from Mike Fraley. Mike, hey dude, you had a pretty good picture last night too, by the way. Your "I am defiant" picture, or your what are we? What was it? Getting the hunt picture. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, your hashtag "getting the hunt" picture. It was. It was on the right on the cutoff. So I'm going to answer so your was, question. Is that the sunset one? Um. No, it was a cool black and white one in his hunting gear. Um, But he's saying, my buddy shortened his draw length two inches. Will that change his peep location or line up change in his anchor point? Anchor for sure. For sure his anchor position. Anytime you shorten the triangle. Now, if he was a person who had a bow, say he had a longer axle-to-axle bow, and he had it drawn to a position where his anchor was comfortable, but he recognized that he had too much string on his face. So he wanted to bring that string forward on his face. Well, if you lengthen your loop, you can actually maintain your same anchor point. So if you're shortening your bow in order to perfect your clearance on your face, Mm -hmm. then your anchor can stay the same if you lengthen the loop. But if you, want to keep that you know if you're overall trying to shorten everything up then it's certainly going to change how he feels on his anchor because you know a lot of people that switch from say a a caliper release a lot of people put that thumb behind their neck right so then when they switch to their handheld release for the first time they try to put their knuckles at the back of their jaw it's pretty common and when you do that you actually have to have your string further back on the corner of your mouth. I've got a bow right here, so I'll grab this thing, show you all what I'm talking about. Um, Let's see, I'm gonna grab an arrow here. Don't Jim Miller the door. (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna. You might wanna get out of my way, bro. (laughs) Get out of my way, Ryan. I'm gonna Jim Miller this sucker, so. (laughs) Uh, I don't want to catch an elbow to the face either.
1: So. <laughs> Everybody's <laughs> leaving. <laughs>
0: All right. So if you pull back and you have to put your knuckles behind your your you know, behind your uh jaw like this, can you like I can, I can feel. See. Yeah, go ahead and point that out. You can see
3: out. how the the triangle is back behind his lip and now that the barrel of his arrow or the shaft of his arrow is in that non-danger zone. He can it's got all that facial contact on the veins and then that shaft is actually touching it's out of the safety zone from where you want your arrow to be relaxed in
0: yeah get out of my safety zone <laughs> so oops for those of you podcasting that's my knee this is what it's like when i'm on an airplane my knee keeps banging everything in front of me um so the flip side of that is if they're trying to get their draw length to where now they're anchoring correctly Right? Mm-hmm. So we all just saw that I'm drawing too long. So now if you draw back and your, your bow stops and you come over to your anchor is fitting properly on the side of your face, index finger under your jaw, middle finger at the top of your jaw, string at the tip of the nose, now show him the difference, Ryan.
3: So again, you can see how now he's completely clear. The only thing, any only facial contact he has is there might be a little bit of the knock and that's not gonna be enough to cause any kind of variant in your arrow. And it's his veins are completely clear of his chin and all those little fuzz. And he'll, it'll clear uh, a lot easier than if you have it smashed up against your cheek.
0: What's this little fuzz stuff? <laughs> making fun of my little fuzz? Your scruff. A scruffy
1: scruff? You could potentially have to change your peep size with that too also. <laughs> if, if you're yeah. your drawing yep. two inches.
3: Because if it's two inches shorter, your your angle is gonna actually increase, right?
0: Well, here's yeah. the thing. If if, the angle? if if it's relative to what we just shown, when people anchor behind mm-hmm. their jaw, naturally their peep is gonna be higher on the string and you'll notice that their arrow is much lower. Like mm-hmm. when they come down, their arrow is sitting on their chin, yeah. which is kind of a danger zone. Whereas when they come forward to where they're supposed to be, the arrow will be in the safe zone of the face and your peep is going to be lower. So good question, dude. I know you might not want your this Hoyt hat, but too bad you're getting it. And for those of you list, I don't know if you guys know, but um, Which one? can't believe we don't have, see this sticker right here.
1: That's Super a, sweet. That's custom. That is a custom.
0: <laughs> that's a custom Yeti. Um, is that a koozie? Yep. Koozie. But guess who made that sticker? Mike Fraley. Oh, yeah. hey. Thanks, Mike. Guess who made that sticker? Mike Fraley. Mike Fraley? Mike Fraley. I got the pink one. <laughs> yep. And even though he gave them to us to sell, guess what we did? Gave them away. We gave them away. <laughs> Free with each order. We're out, Mike, by the way. We're out of stickers, Mike. I'll buy these. Um, but thank you so much, dude. I appreciate that. We need one more questions. Um, let's see here. Um, you got anything else you guys want to talk about while I find a good question?
1: Angels envy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what? Oh. should have brought the yeti. second. Ryan just ran Reach off. Offset for a reason. That little, <laughs> he's uh, low on his envy. He's got a flight here in about an hour, so mm. he's gonna. <laughs> It'll be good. Um, Back to Florida where it's warm. Let's see. Yeah, someone said you're going to be coming home with a Hoyt in his hand. I disagree with that. (laughs) Bronco is very loyal. What color do you guys think? (laughs) Can you pick a color? (laughs) Orange, blue, green, Those both have sentimental value, people. (laughs) Let's see. Um, um, I won't even know it's gone. (laughs) Well, this is... um, Okay, so this is kind of an interesting question. Jason Caddenhead, sorry about that if I hacked your name.
3: That's JW. He's one of my buddies I shoot with
0: every weekend. We go all the ASAs together. He's a great guy. He is? Yeah. He doesn't get anything then, if he knows you. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of bow does he shoot? Uh, he's got a couple really beautiful OKs. He does. Yeah. So
3: okay, archerys. He's got a. He's got a couple of them. They're really good looking. Well, what's he do with the white hat then? He won't do nothing with a white hat. His <laughs> wife shoots Matthews too. So. Oh crap. Yep. Yeah,
0: he doesn't need a white hat. All right. Well. Sorry, Jason. When I answer your question. <laughs> Let's see here. Um, I'm looking back at some. Any two have anything to add to everybody watching? Because we're I'm going to answer one more question, and if those jalapeno poppers don't get um, in here, we're going to have
3: to eat. Um, um, no, I mean, being an amateur and listening to the podcast has really helped me come uh, from a relatively very new uh, archer. I've only been pl- playing bows and arrows for about four years now, maybe five total. I uh, started, similar to John, was started bow hunting and sucked and wanted to suck less. So a couple of my buddies in back home said, hey, let's go try this 3D stuff. And I didn't know what it was and they explained it to me and then I went and got into there. Uh, both, both my buddies, Brian Gustafson and, and Brian Hinton said, let's go. Let's go play this game And because so, we're tired of you missing and getting all mad went and played some 3ds up uh some northeast florida different 3d ranges around there and then just fell off deep into the rabbit hole i've uh, been following i started following john just as the hunting show because i was really deep into the hunting show and he played loud music and ran around act like he's playing his bow like a guitar on top of his buggy and was like oh that's different than everybody else and the rabbit hole just started there and now i'm here i've Follow all the podcasts. I think I'm a semi-half decent, you know, bow mechanic and getting better every day as an archer. Just don't give up. I know I'm at that point right now where it's really frustrating for myself, and it's just keep keep going and keep going and trying to get yourself better and help people that I can um, that are you know at a lesser level than I am and try and learn from the people that are a better level than I am. Luckily in Northeast Florida, I'm surrounded by a lot of really good archers and. In, in all kinds of different categories we got women's uh we got a lot of real good women down there uh, we got a lot of known uh real good known shooters and then i've got seniors i've got all kinds of different archery advice that i can learn from down there and i can't appre- tell you how much i appreciate those archers and the archery a, community itself yeah um around the gainesville area we have a, we have a ton nice. of archers down there and it's it's a uh, I've learned a lot from all of those people as well, and I can't tell them that you know, my archery family down there how much I appreciate everything they've done for me, uh, in accepting me just showing up and saying, "Hey, I want to learn this silly game," and 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 them taking the time to actually, you know, teach me what they know, and and that's kind of how the archery world works down there for us in Florida.
0: Well, I can tell you that. Just looking in the feed here, the amount of people that are helping one another within this feed is spectacular, um, super awesome. There's, a, you know, we're, we've we got a lot of momentum going right now as as a community. And I'm so happy with, you know, you're here because of how much you helped people with information you'd heard from from me and sharing it. You know, I can't tell all of you out there enough You know, the people that sponsor what I do, they don't listen to these live feeds. Mm -hmm. All they do is look at response. So your ability to share and respond and express to them what you feel like I'm giving back, that has value. Just like you giving back within the community and sharing, you know, hey, check this out or John answered this before, you know, copying and pasting a link. You know, he had such and such on the podcast and they talked about this. All those little things that you do, that's why you're here. You won the patron award because you're helping. When I look back through these feeds, it's the same way. Everyone's like, right now there's people like Michael Fraley had ants in his pants here. Kept asking people a million times about, you know, is it, are you better off shooting 50, 60, or 70? And finally people were helping him. So that's awesome. But I do have... The last question, and there's tons of good ones. I'm gonna answer some on the podcast, um, but I liked this question. There's tons of good ones, and actually someone within the uh, Facebook live feed actually said that he is a physical therapist. So for, um, for the guy that was asking earlier about the shoulder injury, um, he might be a great person to contact. I appreciate you offering your expertise. That's great. Um, but the question is, how do you manage fatigue from working out and a shooting schedule? <laughs> and I mean, we're uh, going to ask Popeye. <laughs> me um, did.
1: so what, what I do is, um, people call me crazy, but I think it's the best time to go to the gym and you feel great afterwards and you feel great until about lunchtime after you eat. But anyway, so I get up at about 345 in the morning and go to the gym and that's a great time because nobody's there and you can focus on what you want to get down there for Roughly an hour, hour and a half or so, and then that, by that time when I go to shoot, like league or whatever on Tuesday or Wednesday night, then I'm, for the most part, completely recovered from, from that much muscle atrophy or tiredness that I that I put on myself during, during um during that time in the gym in the morning. Or if it's or if I know if it's going to be a really big upper body day, I make sure that's that's not going to be on Tuesday or Wednesday. I'll do that on Monday or yep. Thursday or Friday or someday I know I'm not going to have a big shoot.
0: Yeah, we talked about that too. So a big part of my routine when I competed was I recognized, well, I'm going to backtrack. Before I talk about what my routine was, I actually want to talk about the importance of actually sticking to a routine. Um, When you're doing it all the time, you don't experience being necessarily sore. Um, Certainly if you're working out all the time and you... You know, maybe there's times where I'm doing a lot of good back work, a lot of solid back work, but in saying that, I also incorporate a lot of deadlifts for, you know, for example, this past month, I went heavy. I chose to go heavy in my weight. So when I did that, um, I experienced some soreness in areas that I wasn't really used to because it wasn't part of my routine. No different than if I neglect kettlebells for a while and then all of a sudden do them, I'm gonna feel a little bit of soreness right so the main thing is if you continually work out and if you're continually doing it then it's easier to not have this like un, you know un, unmanageable soreness if you're the type of person where all you want to do is you know maybe you want to go to the gym twice a week well the reality is you need to pick those two days a week when It's not important for you to shoot, but if you're saying, you know what, I want to, um, lift, I want to either lift or run and shoot five days a week. And that's pretty much my routine. I try to separate the two. Um, if I'm able to, if I really want to shoot in the morning, I shoot at first light and then I immediately go and lift. There's you know, I get up, as many of you know, I do podcasts sometimes really early in the morning, and that's because I get up, I'm doing a podcast, and I'm looking out the window, and as soon as that sun's cracking to where I can shoot, I'm like, all right, everybody, thanks for tuning in to another knock on podcast. See you later. And I'm going out and I'm shooting, and then as soon as I'm done shooting, for me with my routine, I go up, I see Harry and, and Sharon, we have breakfast. And then I go right to the gym. So then I'm able to work out after I've already shot. Now if I don't shoot and say it's a day where I need to work out before work, then I might get up and work out first thing in the morning. And then I'm going to shoot at last light. So you really have to pick and choose those times. You don't want to put them on top of one another. Obviously lifting and then shooting, especially if you're if you're a finesse archer that's not gonna it's not gonna work you know some of the stuff where if you're gonna lift and then immediately try to shoot in my opinion you're kind of putting yourself in that position of what i talked about earlier you're setting yourself up for potential target panic that's my personal feeling because although you need to be able to know how to control and manage yourself to make a shot when you're tired and when you're floating around and you know, if you have to run up a hill and you come over the hill and there's an elk there and you gotta pull back and make the shot. I can understand needing to know how to control that moment but in the same sense, if you making that one potential shot of a lifetime means you getting target panic during these days of practice because you're trying to like, you know, do bench press and then all of a sudden try to like shoot quality shots, especially with like an evolution or something like that. They're just two totally different mindsets. Right. You know, my mindset is based off me being the most accurate archer I can possibly be, which is why I was a hunter and I left hunting to become a target archer for the non hunting season. I wanted to incorporate perfect shots, perfect practice, become the most accurate archer I can possibly be. and I'm a more successful bow hunter because of it. right? I mean, when I go out, I'm able to make shots that a lot of people don't don't think I should make and won't make. That's the reality. And it's because it's because of that. So when it comes to fitness, be consistent on my goodness. This is the best way. <laughs> and <laughs> that's a knock podcast. Things <laughs> are getting real right now. <laughs> see what I like to do for my workouts is I like to get oh, this well <laughs> what I noticed John, is Jesus. I did I did that see 6 weeks. Can you see this, right? That's that's chicken thighs, that's bacon wraps, stuffed jalapeno poppers and and stuffed mushrooms. mushrooms all cooked on the Traeger. On the Traeger. Ridiculous. <coughs> uh, hopefully you got a picture that.
2: Do we have smell vision in here?
3: Right. <laughs> I, mean, well, I do. I noticed when I was doing my high rate, high interval rating training oh, awesome. uh, for that six weeks. Thank you, everyone. I noticed whenever six I would qualities. spend more than just one hour in the gym, spend two hours in the gym. <laughs> I want to hold this up
0: <laughs> to those poor it, people watching.
3: Right. It would actually.
0: Uh, God, you guys in before me. All right. Caused and me like to be shaky people, to and shake. later in the day <laughs> I, there's a delay so I'm like dangling Wait. in front of people longer than what they really want to mm. see Yeah. oh it doesn't even look good because of the shading sorry everyone <laughs> but uh, no <laughs> this is spectacular so wow.
3: while everybody's got their mouth full I
0: guess I get to be the one to talk is there that any, was crazy. Any questions
2: that is awesome
0: well, so to to keep going on that question, get persistent and also to move to that next step. When I competed, I knew that I competed on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So I always made sure my rest days for lifting was really set up to where that friday saturday and sunday i was able to rest i also knew that coming back from a tournament since i had rest or shot on friday saturday and sunday then monday would always be um, a heavy day in the gym and it would not be a heavy day um, for shooting it would be a day where i focused on little tweaks on my bow for example if i had fletchings that were that were broke or knocks that were shot off, or if I knew I needed to a string or my peep was turning, or I knew the next tournament I was going to need to go to a higher power lens and change my fiber to all that little stuff. That's what I did on Mondays. That was my Monday because I knew I went in the gym and I hit it hard. Tuesdays I would do a little bit of light practice, but I really tried to separate time between, again, going heavy in the gym, and I always separated, at that time, I separated pushing muscles from pulling muscles. So I would do push on Mondays hard, then I would do pulling muscles hard. Um, So really the body is divided in half. This is something that um, Arnold and Frank Zane both taught me that the body, when you look at it, it's divided in half. So if you take your arm and you divide it in half, half of it is a pushing muscle, half of it is a pulling muscle. You look at your leg, half of it is a driving muscle, half of it is a pulling muscle. Same, you look at your chest, you know, your chest is a pushing muscle, your lats are a pulling muscle. So you take that body, you split it in half. And so I did a push, then I did a pull, then on Wednesdays I would do legs. A lot of times when I did legs, it wouldn't affect my shooting. So on Wednesdays were always my hardest shooting days. When I shot 3D, um, when I shot 3D, Tuesdays were like days where I really focused on judging with minimal shots because again I'd gone heavy that day, and it just worked out really good. Wednesdays, Thursdays were strong shooting days. I shot a lot more, but I did less in the gym. And I was able to take Friday as my travel day. I didn't shoot, and I you know, I might have done cardio, but for the most part, Fridays I was recuperating, so Saturday I could go in strong. Mm. Chase is gonna appreciate that fumble <laughs> right there. Mm-hmm. This is ridiculous, Mr. Halloway. Thank you. Everyone watching, thank you so much. Remember, in a little while, we're gonna go through knock to fork hashtags, Instagram we're going to go through Instagram we're going to go through the Facebook if you've posted on the Knock on TV Facebook page and we're going to pick a winner for one of my releases boys and girls big prize right there big prize this is fabulous I've invited my neighbors and now I have three new friends you guys are awesome (laughs) thanks buddy James Jeanette, running camera. Um, he's like kind of my uh, Joe Rogan podcast, Jamie type guy. Um, so, thanks everybody so much. Give him the knocks. Knock, Knock on, on, on everybody. Gosh, dang. Don't
2: that get in yeah, uh, <laughs> Don't get it on my face. <laughs> <laughs> what are you just stupid, stupid <laughs> it? Get in my mustache, Put it
1: in your mouth. Oh my
3: God. Did <laughs> <laughs> anyone <laughs> bit one of those? Yeah. Or? I cut off half of it. <laughs>
0: 35,000 likes. Nice. Not bad for 45 minutes. That's a couple. Wow. Love you, man. Holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) That's stupid, dude. (laughs) Isn't it?
2: That's your thing. Happy Halloween, bitches!
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> hey, that one did beat Brad, by the way. Did it? It did. Huh? <laughs> that,
1: that little video we pulled up yesterday. Halloween, bitches!
2: Oh my god, those mushrooms! Yeah, did. yeah the mushrooms are the bomb. What's yeah. awesome
0: is I kept my podcast rolling. Uh oh! Just because <laughs> people need to hear it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For those of you listening to the podcast, this is what happens when you—everyone thinks you turn it off. We talk about ah, Dayton and his good moment food. of glory.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't. I what was that start. from? A dub
2: <laughs> smash. I was in um, in a hotel with my wife, her sister, and my niece. And we were just doing dub smashes. What's dub smash? Uh, so it's um that have come off of a movie somewhere somebody said, was with some girl and says, Happy Halloween, Happy Halloween, bitches. <laughs> and so you have the audio of it, so you lip sync it, basically. Mm. So that's what that
0: is. Well,
2: so, so that hilarious. wasn't even you? No, not, the, not the audio of oh, it. It was <laughs> <No, I laughs> like, yeah. Dude, I thought that was guy. you. Yeah. That was that's awesome. what's
0: funny, yeah. is we've got this like big bearded manly man <laughs> <That's> freaking cooking <laughs> on our Traeger and then he posts his own like hashtag beat Brad to win this prize that we had on our contest, and it's this big manly man saying, <laughs> "Happy Halloween, bitches!" And I didn't and Then you got to do the wave too. Oh your yeah, <laughs> <Yeah>, the wave <laughs> was solid. <laughs> <laughs> it certainly <sure was>, yeah. <laughs> are my neighbors upstairs. Yes, they are. Yep. All right, thank you everybody for tuning in to another knock on podcast. You're knock awesome. On. Knock on everybody. Knock on. Knock on. This is what eating a microphone sounds like. And if you're still there, that's what a Yeti with smoked ice balls sound like. See ya. You more of those- Be sure to visit knockonarchery.com to see our entire line of trendy knock-on lifestyle clothing. Knockonarchery.com.